Welcome all to the Swim Dudes podcast, where Liam and I talk about everything circulating the swimming world with special guests. This podcast is available to stream on Spotify, iTunes, and is now found on Google+. Make sure you go check us out on Instagram at the Swim Dudes for more content. Hope you enjoy. Welcome to the Swim Dudes Podcast. Today we're here with Liam and Seth, and we have special guest Grant Anger from Kalamazoo College, graduate. Um, back again. Back on again. Yeah, it's nice to be back. It's been a little, been a little bit of a time, but it's kind of fun. By the way, um, this podcast is uh, brought to you by Big Pencils. Thank you, Big, for supplying my pencils for school. <laughs> More of a Ticonderoga guy. More of a t- okay. <laughs> I don't even know this is big because I chewed off the thing from it. I'm pretty sure it's okay. It's fine. I'm right, a so- number two kind of guy. Old yeah. school. Yeah. Old yeah. school. Old school. <laughs> um, so a couple things going on in the swimming world. Um, most recent today, Governor Whitmer of Michigan is reopening pools and gyms as of this Tuesday. Um, you know, I think it's going to be interesting. Yeah, it's nice. Training at 25% capacity is going to be real nice because then I won't have to worry about hitting people on their breakouts. But I'm not going to see three quarters of my team. And you can't be the Dan Clyde of the swim team and just live underwater so you don't hit anybody. Mm-hmm. That was his thing. Well, like, no, our thing when we trained together was always just get into people's faces and pump people up. But it's going to be kind of, well, I mean, it'll be more genuine now, right? Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. A few people that I know have been like training. Uh, like Matt uh, has been down in Texas, so he's been training this summer, mm-hmm. and they've been doing. Um, they have like one person at the flags, one person on the wall, and then then the same thing on the other side of the pool. Hmm. So it's like still four people in a lane, but it's like a very weird way of doing it. Yeah, it's like a, it's like a. What do we call them? We I used to call them like Texas fifties um, or whatever, but uh. Like the, the double down 50s where you would start in the middle and then you'd go and hit both. Oh, yeah, Texas 50. 50. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sick. I don't think we call it that in high school. I don't know what we call it. I don't, I don't know where these come from because, like, there's, there's, like, Tennessee tumblers when you start at the flag, then you jump down and do a flip turn underwater. Yeah. Yep, yep. Yeah, yeah. We had those two. Like an Indiana IM set where it's, like, I don't, I don't even know. So, just <laughs> um, question of this is if um, so gyms are reopening. I want to know if I'm going to be able to come back to hope to use the gyms because there's no gyms around. Here. Absolutely not. So a lot of the all, so all the know, schools, not a lot of the all of the buildings on campus are for students. So you students think if I flash my 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 card won't scan probably. But I don't know. So you, so all the schools will close down everything to the public. Yeah, at least that's how it should be. I mean, so many schools are already sending people back home just from students. Yeah, <clears throat> I got a buddy of mine who goes to IU, and they sent home their entire Greek life Greek life today. Really? Yeah, because they've got like a bunch of positive tests. Oh, NC it's State. It's kind of hard. Clear out the dorms. Really? Yeah. Well, isn't that what? Yeah. I'm- they didn't send everybody home but they like asked everybody to go home it's like hey please go home (laughs) (laughs) um (laughs) Kay's not doing classes in the fall 
uh, I mean, we're just doing only online. Like it was in the spring again. Like, like no one's in person. Wow. No one's even on campus. Yeah. Wow. Well, on campus. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, luckily we're on semesters, so hope. Well, we were on semesters. I'm <laughs> I'm done with that now. Mm-hmm. But hopefully they can bring back people in like the winter and spring. That's interesting. So I want to. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say it's like a kind of a bummer now that COVID's like. Like, I was hoping that we wouldn't see a lot of like sport cancellations like in the spring. Mm -hmm. But it looks like it's going to be real tough to have any sort of swim season. Yeah, because President Trump's pushing for (laughs) it. Trump, oh, like COVID isn't real. Why can't we have sports? If you don't test, you won't. numbers won't go up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so Grant, I I asked Liam this earlier, but did you see the uh, Swim Swam article about Iowa and their financials for the football team? Yeah, about how their coaches got a little bit of a raise. Yeah, so their assistant coaches, who I think are making like a, a couple million or something like that. Assistant coaches? They're assistant football coaches. And then I think the, uh, the strength and conditioning coach was signed up for like a million dollar contract as well. And most of them, I believe, got raises, even though they um, they let everybody like, or they, they canceled the season with COVID. Dude, I owe football, excuse my French or my criticism, but historically they haven't been that good, yeah? I mean, I mean, it's okay. Iowa at home, like, is always going to upset somebody. Yeah. Like, Iowa at home is like the most dangerous place to play. They've had <laughs> some better teams, but they're not like. Yeah. Maybe in five years. Maybe. 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 Right now, the coaches are getting paid fortunes, and anyway, swim, swim, just absolutely roasted. I, I'll have to look this up. I mean, deservedly. Yeah, so question about that. Do you guys think that their swim program will come back anytime soon? You know, Iowa's a super historic program. So if, like, any program's going to come back, it should be Iowa. Mm-hmm. And, and also being a Big Ten school kind of helps, too. I'm sure once they get their finances sorted out. Uh-huh. Well, they also like, have a really nice swimming pool that hosts Big Tens every once in a while. Right, yeah. And then they were supposed to – I think they were set to host NCs like next year. Yeah, twenty twenty one. Like, yeah, which is kind of just <laughs> well, they that's just a slap in the face. Twenty fifteen NCAA's was one of the most historic. Yeah, Texas scoring the most points out of, or it was like the biggest, um, biggest lead ever, and then Texas's hundred fly where they put six swimmers into the hundred fly final. Yeah, come back to bite them in the butt. No, like, well, but really here, here's the thing though: is that no. No institution will go back on their decision because then it makes them look weak and bad. So there's no way that Iowa doesn't come back. I mean, maybe. I oh, gotta hope so. I hope they come back. I okay, mean, well, I, I signed that petition. Let's put it this way: <laughs> yeah. if they, gosh, I don't. I'm just thinking like my mind is just racing to like Eastern and Kentucky. Or... Well, and William Mary got cut today too. Yeah, I just actually just down in Virginia. Yeah, it's sad. It's so sad to see. Uh, I feel a little safe because we're D three, so it doesn't really matter. Yeah, right. <laughs> Everyone's like, "Well, you Calvin, don't make money." Calvin could uh, 
take a hit because they've got what they're like two hundred and fifty million dollars in debt, something like that. Dartmouth. Yeah. <clears throat> Dartmouth's done too. Yep. No way. Yep. Yeah. You know what this means for us? We're gonna get some recruits, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my double is getting fast. We'll say that. That's for sure. Washington, no, no, Washington State. It is. Okay, well, yeah. Grant, tell us why we're here today. This was all your idea, yeah. and we just kind of piggybacked off of it, although I love it. Yeah, so um, I remember, I'm sure most people in the audience or, you know, listening in will remember the great 2016 free, uh, the women's one. Um, and it's kind of like the most star-studded race I think I've ever seen. Like, there are 108 international medals in that race and the men's field only had 67 which Nathan Adrian had 24 of them so you're like that's a lot of talent like when you go through the names it's Kate Campbell, Bronte, uh, Sarah Soystrom, Renoma Chromo Dojo, Simone and Simone Manuel and Penny Elisiak who were like small names and then uh, Jeanette Otteson and Abby Whitesell and Abby Whitesell was kind of a small name too Um, but like there were like four, four clear favorites going to that race and the speculation was that Bronte and Kate Campbell were just going to one two like all day like it was super easy but that's not what ended up happening so it was a I don't know it's a pretty cool race I think we could dive into the history a little bit dude I bit. So just re-watching that a little bit um the Campbells were just killing it off uh off the start into the second uh or into the turn and then literally just started dying and you're yep. sitting there like what? What? <clears throat> well, they do that every. <clears throat> oh, excuse me. They do that like every race. If you go back to like 2015 Worlds and 2013 Worlds, um, they do the same thing. Like Sarah Soystrom almost catches both of them on the back half because they take it out like 25s, yeah. and, like 24 highs, and you're like, and they come back like 28s. <laughs> so. Grant, my one question to you, and this isn't really a, a history, but more of just a uh, um, general Olympic swimming type of question. I, I hate ties. I really don't like them. Yeah. Um, I, I think they're, I don't know, I think they're stupid. Granted, getting a tie for even like a, a bronze medal. Like, oh, I'd take a bronze if I was yeah, tied for people, sure. People are going to be insanely happy but how do you feel about swim-offs in the olympics almost like the isl does yeah um i don't know i i think the isl is different because there's point that's like just points though Mm -hmm. so it makes a little bit of a difference but I, i mean i can see both sides of the argument if it's now anything under the 200 line them up absolutely like just the two of them 1v1 like if it's a 50 free like right. i'll take that swim off any day but if they got to do a 4 am just like <laughs> let them tie yeah okay i i think it would be cool i the only thing that i would hate to see is the aftermath of the person who lost after they tied they're like they were there and then they just didn't have any more in them they gave it all yeah. for that race. Yeah. Came in at a tie that just got destroyed. Well, especially like tying at the the final to win gold at the Olympic Games. Like you had gone through however many races before that, but also prelims, semis, and then finals. Yeah. 
Well, like tying at that moment, you can't be mad at that because it was no. Like I believe she was the first African American gold. Yeah, maybe she was. Or in, I wasn't. I, I forgot about the headlines. Uh, no, Colin yeah. Jones. Colin Jones won gold on a medal, but um, I mean, I'm individual. Individual? No, I think it's for sure. Uh, she's the first woman to black woman to ever win, which is a great step for the sport. Like yeah. to see that, you know, it's. So these are pretty white sport as it is. Yeah. So well, then, having a little bit of adversity is nice. Yeah, Annie Alexiak was, I think, 16. Well, like, as yeah, she's like eight, 17 or 18. And then yeah. she became Canada's most winning summer athlete ever. At yeah. that. <laughs> and it's like, like she came out of nowhere. She was a legit nobody in 2015, like the year before. Canada's got some kind of scary good athletes. My, yeah. my, my housemate that I live with, um, was a runner, and so there was one time we watched a high jump, and just this, you know, white maple leaf loving Canadian just comes out of nowhere, it's just like they're crazy good. Who was the um? Oh wait, no, I'm thinking of Great Britain now. I'm getting off my yeah. track. Keep going. All right, so, so about this race, let's talk. All right, let's about, let's get into it. The month leading up to it. The Campbell sisters had put up some nasty times. I'm talking yes. real. Yeah. Um, so Kate Campbell goes in. She's injured in 2015, I'm pretty sure. Um, so she doesn't swim at Worlds. But they go into um, – she does. She goes through Aussie trials, and then she does a Grand Prix in, like, July. Hold on, I got my notes here. Um Man, I don't know where I put it. Yeah, but she sets the world record. And it was also um, it was also a suited world record from, like, the uh, tech suits or whatever. It was a textile. Yeah, so at the 2016 Grand Prix meet, she broke the long course 100-meter freestyle world record in time, 52.06, which was 100 faster than the super. Sort of on Stefan, yeah. Which still stands, right? What is it, a 51? No, no, no. Uh, Soystrom's got it, 51.7. <clears throat> so yes um, her right Sarah Sarah yeah. yeah yeah but she sets that at 2017 worlds I think Kate Campbell yeah <laughs> alright <laughs> well let's get into it okay um, the first well the first one I guess if we go by like appearance like on the scene I guess is the easiest way to do it so the first one is Jeanette Otteson so oh. she actually start, made her first Olympics in 2000 really uh, yeah she had um which is pretty great, uh, which is pretty nuts, but she didn't make it out of prelims or anything. Um, and, the, and Jeanette Allison stays around forever. Um, she really doesn't win any individual medals too much. Um, she's a, primarily known as a 50 flyer and a 100, fl 100 flyer, but she can definitely sprint too. Um, and then next is Renomai Chromo Dojo, and she swims in 2008 too. Um, and she, she actually is on the... Uh, in 2012. Right? Yeah, she was the Olympic medalist in 2012. Yeah, she won gold. Um, but she also won, won gold on the 4x1 in 2008. Mm -hmm. And fun fact, she's racing for gold against uh, Kate Campbell, against the Aussies, and the Aussies get third in that race. Yeah. So Kate is also making her first appearance in the 2008 4x1, which is pretty cool. And that's also a super dope swim because that's um, Dana Torres um, swimming against Marlene Veldwees, which is super cool. Um, 
But yeah, so at 2008, it's Audison, um, Kate Campbell, Sarah Soystrom, um, and Ronald Micromo Dojo. But then 2012, um, going out of 2012 in London, uh, Chromo Dojo is clearly like the top favorite. Um, like she had been splitting some insane times, like 52-3, um, off of relays and stuff. She's kind of just the woman to beat. Um, but Kate Campbell's injured, so she doesn't actually swim the 100 free. She scratches. And then Sarah Soystrom doesn't swim the 100 free as well. So it's only in 2012, it's only Audison and um, Kate Campbell. Uh, not Audison. Uh, Renault Micromo Dojo. Yep. <clears throat> um, so that's cool. Um, but in the 2013, so that's where uh, 2013 world champs, uh, Soystrom, Chromo Dojo, Kate, and Bronte are all the 100 free. So if you go back and watch the race video, it's pretty sweet. Um, they, Campbell's sisters, like usual, are super fast off the start. And then Sarah Soystrom makes a turn and just starts catching ground. Um, she catches Bronte in that race, but she won't beat uh, Kate. So um, I don't know. It's kind of cool to see that there's this rivalry going back between these three women. Well, during, during that time, people always talked about like Phelps, Lochte, and Shea, or Phelps, Lochte, and Clary. Or even in the backstroke. Yeah. People don't know that Michael Phelps was also like top three in the 200 backstroke and the 100 backstroke once upon a time. And so, like, right. I and yeah. like, Lochte, Phelps, and Pearsall as well. And mm-hmm. yeah, but no, there was this what four or five person rivalry that's been going on through at this point, it would have been going on eight years. Right. Like, and then Missy Franklin's in this conversation too. Like, she doesn't swim in 2016 in the 100 free, but you know, she's still like, I mean, in 2013, she was fourth in the 100 free. You know, it's kind of cool to see that there's this rivalry going on. And I think it's unfortunately overshadowed by that phelps Lochte rivalry, but it's still just as good. Oh, yeah. Um, but then in 2014 at Panpax, um, the Campbell sisters also go on an absolute tear in 2014. Like, they are clearly just the 100 freestylers to beat in the world. Um, Kate, and at... At the Commonwealth Games, they go. They went one two in the hundred free. <clears throat> Kate went a fifty two six with Bronte going to fifty two eight. So like they're like right neck and neck. But then at Panpax, um, they also went to the hundred free. But standing third on the podium is Simone Manuel, and that's her actual. That's her first true national team. Yeah. And Abby Whitesell is also in that way race. So by twenty fourteen, we have all the players except for um, uh, Penny Ulysiak. Um, at that point, was still in middle school, probably. Right. It's kind of cool. Like Simone Wells been like re- at this time, Simone Wells really good, <laughs> uh, but she's not like the goat. She's not anywhere in the conversation for the hundred winning the hundred free. Like it's internationally, it is Kate and Bronte and Sarah Soystrom. Yeah. And it's just Kate Campbell. And you can go back. I went back and looked, and you can look at all the press um, before 2016. Uh, uh, before the 2016 Olympics, and it's all like Kate, Kate and Bronte are gonna one two the hundred free. Like the two sisters who are gonna one two the hundred free. Like Kate Gamble and Bronte, you know, they're the best thing to ever happen. It's always so funny to see who's saying who the favorites are. I'm not mm-hmm. gonna make one very famous commentator on the just US side. <laughs> I can't disrespect a fellow uh, swim lover, but you know that he always these people always say that somebody's gonna win but they never do never yeah. like um people said that nathan adrian could 
come at it again. Mm -hmm. Nobody expected Kyle Chalmers to run down the entire field in the 2016 game of 100 Same thing. Yeah. Well, he's 17 in that race, too. 17, yeah. He's a child. Yeah. But he was also, like, seventh at the turn. He's almost like Michael Phelps in uh, 2008. Yeah. He was real far behind, but closed in, like, a 24-1 or 24-2. Yeah. I'm just tired. Well, he's been saying that he – I heard an interview with uh, Chalmers, and he's like, oh, yeah, I'm a 200 freestyler. He's like, I just only swim the 100. But he's like, I trained for, like, the 200. And you're like, dude, like – He's been 145, I thought. What was that? I thought I – th- I think he's been 145. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. He swam – he didn't, he didn't swim the 200 free at uh, Rio, but he just swam it at uh, yeah. World Champs, yeah. Um, yeah. But, yeah, in the race, if you watch the video – and please do. It's a super sweet race. It's all Bronte and Kate off the start. Oh, yeah. um, and Soystrom's right between them, which is kind of silly. Simone Manuel's at lane two, I think. She's in yeah, she's three? she's up there. Yeah, she's up there in three. She's kind of sitting by herself. But, like, if you watch, um, they go into the turn. Simone Manuel gets a great turn. Like, she catches Bronte Campbell off the turn. Um, And she's, like, it's neck and neck. And, like, going into the last 15 meters, it's, like, anybody's race, primarily Simone Manuel's. But then Penny Lisiak just charges out of nowhere. She was seventh going to the turn. And then she comes back and ties for first. Uh, It's a really sweet race. One of the Campbells, I forgot who was in lane four. Kate. Yeah. yeah. She literally, like, her uh, her uh, her stroke rate just started slowing down, and I swear she took a breath, like, right around the flags. And I'm she just, came home in a 28, <laughs> which is, like, <laughs> I feel bad. But like. <laughs> you? No, one of uh, his fellow swimmers. Oh, interesting, interesting. No, yeah, that was uh, – I mean, I, I remember watching that race and seeing Simone and Penny's reaction. Like, immediately they touched the wall, and then Simone does that. Yeah. Yeah, dude, she didn't I, even know. No, she didn't, she didn't know. even know that she was like, oh, shoot. Mm-hmm. What's also funny, though, too, is that Simone wasn't even the top U.S. seed. She yeah. lost to Abby Whitesell at trials. Mm-hmm. So like I don't like showing up for the big events, Simone Manuel. That's like, when it's when it matters, she's there. Since since the twenty sixteen Olympic Games, she has been there for the US. Literally yeah. 2017 and twenty nineteen individual hundred meter champion. Yeah, she came she did the yeah. same thing in uh twenty nineteen too. It's like the same field, which I think is hilarious. Yeah, literally. <laughs> um but it's she comes back so hard and I don't know, somehow gets it again. Yeah. Smoke so, well. Who, she's a beast. You, uh, you brought up this 2016 hundred freestyle on the women's side. I wanted to bring up the 2012 hundred freestyle on the men's side. Ooh. I don't know if you remember watching those races at all. The missile. The missile. Of course. Austria. The missile. So. Magnuson. The lead up to this, you know, 2008. Let's see if I can pull up the results. The, the leaders in the hundred freestyle up to this point, especially from the super seed area era. Um, Eamon Sullivan, Elaine Bernard, Matt Target, Cesar Cielo was the reigning world champion. Um, we had, um, who was the American? Eric something. I forget. But, oh, Jason Lezak is also in there. Um, but 2008 Olympic Games. Yeah, 2008 Olympic Games. Um, Elaine Bernard wins gold in the 100 free with a 47-2. And Eamon Sullivan with a 47-3. 
these at Seattle um, tie for bronze, 47-6. Yep. Um, it's that, funny, though, because Eamon Sullivan breaks the world record leading off the 4 by one Yeah. Well, also, and then, uh, in the semifinals, two of them broke the world record. Um, Eamon Sullivan and Elaine Bernard, 47-42. Yeah. But, um... Yes, I'm, I'm the Super Studio. 2008 was the Wild West. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was. Wait, hold on. Uh, anything was goes. Just going uh get us off topic real quick. Um, what... Grant, is your take on bringing back the super suits with more um, more restrictions, specifications? So essentially, it's just more of what a tech suit would be now. Yeah, I don't know. I think the well, the reason they got rid of them, from my understanding, was that it was always an unfair advantage, and that there are a lot of guys who couldn't afford them, and mm -hmm. then you get people who are like, "Oh, I can't." Like, I can buy 15 of these illegal suits. Not illegal, but, like, these fast suits. They They'd be even, better than everyone else. They don't even really buy them. Like, most of them have sponsors that just say, hey, yeah, going out there, here's four. Right. So, I don't know. I think I, like, keep them. Like, have, have some races. Like, have some exhibition races where you're like, I would love to watch Chalmers versus Caleb Dressel in a 100 free super suit. Like, that'd be insane to watch. That might be something that the ISL could do because it's not – FINA doesn't really have, like, any yeah. rain over that, do they? That's true. Like, that's no, they a don't. totally independent organization. They could just be like, yeah. hey, this meet, if you guys want to come, we're doing super suits. <laughs> 200 athletes Literally, show up. Arena brings back the X-Glide or whatever it's called. Yeah, the Blue 70. Blue 70. Oh, I've worn one of those. Those, those are fun. Okay. Sorry. Um. Anyway. The missile, an Aussie missile, James Magnuson, comes onto the scene internationally in 2010. He qualifies for the um, national team with a 49-4. 49-4 you know, in the world scene. And it's, 2010 yeah. is like, uh, yeah. Um, 2011, he actually um, ends up going a 47-4. So just a year later, he drops over two seconds. Um, that was as lead off on the four free relay the 2011 world champs and he wins the hunter free in a 47 63. all right at this point nathan adrian had already been on the olympic team he had swum the prelims of the 400 free relay in 2008. um so have you, you heard his story about that uh swimming the prelims relay oh it's so oh. funny it's he gets out of the water and they're like oh look cool we set the world record but you know we're gonna lose tonight like everyone thought like, even, like, the own prelims relay was like, oh, we're going to lose tonight in the to the French. Yo, <laughs> that's pretty cool. I mean, yeah. just doing their air guitars, you're going to get a little frightened. That's, the one, that's true. That's <laughs> the one time, though, that I've actually heard of, like, like the Americans are pretty strong-willed and mm. strong-minded. Um, I've never – that's probably the first time that I've ever heard them be like, yeah, we've got no chance. I mean, well, I'm going to be honest. So I'm 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 a tall guy. I'm not the tallest guy. If I was a good swimmer and I stood next to Elaine Bernard, I'd probably have the same attitude. Like, <laughs> like what are they feeding? What are they feeding? Yeah. I think he's my height. I think he's six five. I thought he was six eight, dude. Is he really? I thought so. How tall is well, Reese? I think... how, how Reese tall? is six eight. 
Bruce eight. Whitley's six eight, yeah. Oh, yeah, Amory is six five. Okay, yeah. Well, still, I would. He looks tall. Amory Amory Laveau is on that relay too, though, and he's six eight. All of them. Were That's tall. right. All of them were tall. They're, they're huge. Um. Anyway, so heading into 2012, um, James Magson has a fantastic swim at the Aussie World um, or Aussie Olympic Trials. Goes a 47-10 yep. in a textile suit. 47-10. At that point, I believe that was the world record for textile. Fastest time ever. <laughs> um, so heading into this race, we got looking at the final. We got Nikita Lobensev, who's historically had been there in 2008 as well. Um, Hanser Garcia, he was a new name, I believe, from Cuba. Stays yeah. Cielo. You know. The Cielo. Cielo. The man. The man. Um, I don't know much about Sebastian Verschuren from the Netherlands, but, you know, Yannick and Yell, Brent Hayden, James Madison, Nathan Adrian, all big names. Not quite as, I don't believe that there was 108 international medals on this. Lineup. Yeah. But all of them historically are sprint powerhouses internationally. Um, let's see what I got. Yeah, so they, they kind of trade off the lead heading from prelims and finals. You know, after prelims is Adrian, Magnuson was fourth, and then semis, it was Magnuson, and then Adrian was second. And so lanes four and five, right next to each other. Adrian goes out like a gun, 22-4. Magnuson's out in 22 mm -hmm. not far behind him. But mm -hmm. I don't know, like if you've seen this race, you see that after the breakout, Magnuson is ahead. Yeah. Magnuson's ahead. And so it's almost like Adrian was out fast, but he has to catch up to Magnuson again. And so it's just such a fun race to watch. I don't know, this is my... I mean, nobody closes like Nathan Adrian, though. I mean... Especially within like that last ten meters, if you every Nathan Adrian race, he just puts that head down, and just spins those arms, because the dude's huge. Right? Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. he's got baseball gloves for hands, so he's just like, like a steamship just powering through in that last. I wonder what his uh, last ten meters size is, from from the bottom of his hand to his ring finger or to his middle finger, and across. Hey, Nathan, if you're listening to this, why don't you come on the podcast? <laughs> yeah, please do. We'll message you on Instagram. We already have. <laughs> <laughs> we'll ask him, bring a roller to the podcast when you come. Yeah. Um, yeah, but this whole field, you know, Brent Hayden historically had been there in 2008 as well. Um, Yannick and Yale had gone the fastest textile, 200 freestyle at the 2016 games, like a 143.1, I believe, or 143.9. Yeah. One of the two. Something like that. Yeah. And then Cesar Cielo, he had the um yeah he's the world record holder at this point with a 46 9 so well a mostly legal 46 9 <laughs> <laughs> i don't know when i don't know when he started but i don't know it... <laughs> yeah so men's hunter free in london 2012 um adrian wins it by a hundredth of a second to I think it's almost as good of a race as the uh, 2008 fly, but oh yeah, I don't know. I there's a lot of it's like every single I don't know. There's a few races that you know are etched in your mind. Like 2008 relay will never ever leave an American swimmer's mind. 
Yeah. Um, but I think, you know, something similar for the um, 2004 by one where the uh, Australians upset the Americans. Yeah. Um, you know, for the Aussies, that one's probably pretty similar with a torpedo. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. There's a lot of great races out there, but even like when you go to like, uh, like any race has a story to tell. Yeah. And yeah. one of the ones I was just talking to him about before was the 2015 um, controversy when, well, I guess it wasn't really a controversy. Michael Phelps was not on the U.S. national team, but he was competing at U.S. nationals. And he put up three yes. times that would have won at the World Championships, beating yep. Laszlo Che, Chad LeClaw, and Ryan Lochte in his events. Yep. One of my favorites. <laughs> Especially, that was the summer after 2015 NCAAs, which was phenomenal as well. Yeah. I mean, in 2015, the Americans also botched in on the four per relay. Four medley, yeah. <laughs> Oops, happens. Oops, yeah. Crap happens. All right, well, I think that's all, uh, all I got. I don't, I don't have any. <laughs> I'll, I'll put this disclaimer out there right now, but Liam's the, uh, the, uh, my, my stat guy. And so I'm the statistician. I don't yeah, know. I, I never part. really yeah. followed swimming a whole lot until probably my, my junior year of uh, college. Once I was on the team with him, because I lived with him, and then he's like, dude, did you see that race? I'm like, no, tell me all about it. And he's like, <laughs> 50 minutes later. But I mean, oh, races that I was thinking about that I was telling him about. Ones that I remember watching specifically was um, I talked about the uh, the two back at uh, 2015 time trials. That was really cool. I remember watching that with my parents, and my parents were super invested, and they didn't know any of the uh, people, but we watched prelims and everything. And uh, like my mom was like, "Oh my gosh, that kid! Like I'm so happy for him." Blah blah blah. Like I think she actually started crying. Like it, it was pretty cool to watch that. Um, he he was talking about the hundred back. Yeah, so you know, 20, 2016 Olympic trials, hundred back, Murphy, Pebbly. Before that, yeah. Yeah. but it's uh, Plummer. Yeah, no, but I'm, I'm talking about Murphy and Pebbly were both in the field, and they had been training together, had a great NC career with each other. But then also there was Matt Grievers, there was David mm-hmm. Plummer. David Plummer had he was like thirty or thirty one at that point, had never made a U.S. national team. He's Grievers, old, training Olympic champion. Yeah. And yep. yours is left off. Very well, dude. I don't know. But he, he never has. He's still training like a workhorse. I bet he's going to make it. I see. Mac, Mac Reavers? Oh, yeah, for sure. Getting better with age. Maybe like fine age. wine. Like fine wine. Yeah. Like, <laughs> he's got that dad strength now. Dude, really? He does. That dumb pat not strength. Oh, gosh. Oh, that's mm. <laughs> but, I mean, that was a good one. All right, Seth, what's the first race you can remember, I guess? Or, like, watching live watching on TV? live? Oh, gosh. Probably. Not TV or whatever. Okay. First race. Um, I remember watching um, the Summer Olympics. Gosh, how old would I have been? That would have been 11 years old. I remember, I remember watching 2008, just like spits of it, um, mm. as we were at like a, a, a family member's house at the time. But like ones that I can actually remember watching, dude, I, I think it's past 
the 2012 Olympics because uh, I would have been a freshman at that time. It was probably some, uh, to be honest, it was probably some like Arena Pro Series that I um, that I streamed live through USA Swimming. But oh yeah, I yeah. do remember. Yeah, Liam. I remember watching the four by one 2008. Uh, I mean, at that point, I had hated swimming. I started. I technically I didn't start swimming freshman year of high school. I started mm-hmm. in first grade and I swam for two months. I wore those scuba goggles. I just hated swimming. Yeah. And, but I remember sitting you know, with my parents and they were cheering the nuts off mm-hmm. when the Americans won. But I'm yeah. I remember uh, jumping up and down the couch on the four medley relay after Phelps had done it. He got an all eight. Oh yeah. No. Nope. I, I think it's interesting that we all remember 2008 as our first race. I mean, granted, we're not that far apart in age, but yeah, I don't know. I think that's a very. Yeah, I was eight years old, so it's like right around when memory started to kick in. I also have a really <laughs> terrible memory, though. Like, it's, I might have early onset Alzheimer's. <laughs> but, I mean, yeah, those are good times. Good times, good times. Back when I was not a swimmer. Yeah, I, I think the, like, right during, like, uh, 2015, I would say. Actually, yeah, I would say 2015 is when I started watching um, the swims. But it would, it would be, like, the uh, um, whatever, like, they do. No the world championships, but, yeah, pro swims, um, nationals, um, those kinds of things. Yeah, the first races that I actually – The ones that didn't matter. The, the right, yeah. When I started following swimming seriously like I do now is when I started freshman year, so it was 2014, but it was when they were doing the pro swim series um, and Michael Phelps was back in. Because at that point, he'd been swimming through 2014, and then this was his, like, swan story. Yeah. 2015, he, at that point, he was not on the U.S. national team because that December, he had the DUI. Right. But, yeah, so all of those, all those swim series, man, those were – they're underrated. I don't like. I would be curious to know the numbers behind that. Like, how many people turn in? Now they're pretty popular, I think. Yeah. Um. I okay. I you know I'd always I didn't start swimming until my junior year of high school, so that was what twenty fifteen. Yeah, twenty fifteen. So I didn't really follow swimming until then. But then I went to Olympic trials for a few days in twenty sixteen. Mm-hmm. Hooked. Yeah. I mean, they're shooting off flames. Like everyone's super into it. Like everyone's just as nerdy as like the three of us are about there. And I was like, Oh my God, I can't believe like David Plummer got in there. Like who would have expected that? So what, so what the Olympic trials did for you, this is what the ISL is trying to do for everybody. Cause the Olympic trials only once every yeah. years. Yeah. ISL. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm excited for the future of the ISL. I do have a bone to pick though, with how they've like, they've now, if you beat someone, they've added like a bonus. If you're more than, an X amount of time in front of somebody, like you get extra points. Oh. Which is like wait, is that okay, you, kind of it or no? Interesting. <laughs> um which Adam, is like annoying, yeah. I guess. Yeah. What? Adam PD's on the London Roar. Yeah. Adam PD's world record time in the Yeah, he's on the London Roar. The breaststroke is by percentage the greatest margin oh, came yeah. first. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's like three point seven. Percent, yeah, percent something like that yeah and then Ledecky's like 800 free was like 3.6 but that was the one where like that's the one that was turned into a meme in 2016 where she touches and then turns around 
And she's like looking, like waiting for everyone to finish. <laughs> um, my only bone to pick with the ISL, just now that we're on it, is how they um, assign the, the lanes. I want not by team, two by twos, but I want it to be like actual by time or like at least a circle seated, something like that. I don't yeah. Know. I got I would be, oh, yeah, let's hear, let's hear your bone. Uh, I was going to say that they should hire Andre Aro as their DJ. <laughs> That's <laughs> one of our dudes. One of our very successful DJ swimmers. Yeah, I don't know. I'm excited about ISL. Like, it's doing a lot for the sport. Like, I'm, I'm glad that it a, gives the swimmers a bunch more money to compete and be <laughs> like, it's pretty fresh. Like, it's a, it's a cool way of doing it. Um, but I think, honestly, the way they have the events just chalked back to back to back, like, doesn't give enough time for people to, like, let it sink in. Like, you know, they'll, you're getting out of, the, you know, the men's 200 flies getting out and the women's 200 flies, like, walking out. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of turnaround. And I don't know how you get around that other than making competition more days or doing less events. But then you, there's already not any, there's already already one, like, one or two distance events. Like, there's all, the, only the 800 and the 400. So then you have, like, Katie Ledecky, who didn't even, who only competed in one ISL race. And is now just, I don't know. She's kind. Of, I don't know if she's still in ISL. She's still doing it. Yeah. See, but. I like that because it gives you off that high school college vibe. We're just like, all right, let's go. Like, got homework to do, places to be, and it just kind yeah. of. I don't know. I feel like it shows a different side of the swimmer and just gets them out of their comfort zone into like, all right, well, I have to now warm up i have 30 minutes until my next race like what is this instead of having yeah hockey. that's true but i mean i'm glad they're adding more teams that's cool no oh, yeah well, um the toronto team now yeah there's a toronto and a japanese team i think yeah Ooh, i bet you the japanese team is probably gonna be pretty good dude i would well, like to the toronto team <laughs> i wish i would let me try out for them <laughs> <laughs> Um, I do wonder though. Okay, so I don't know if you guys. Um, I was looking at Instagram. Infinity was out in Turkey training with um, Florent Manadou, Panera Bloom, and yep. a bunch of other I don't know European swimmers. So I think, and then he hashtagged um, Energy Standard on one of his posts. So Infinity is now on the Energy Standard, which is pretty cool. No way. What if he's doing that, but then he's like actually on Aqua Centurions or something? Or some, yeah, something like that. But I think it's cool that uh, rosters can like change, that we might not see the same London Roar or the same Cali Condors roster that we saw last year, and it yeah. could be completely different. Dude, what if Caleb Russell goes to Tokyo? Oh. Dude, <laughs> this is literally <laughs> like this year right here is just killer for coaches because you can literally try and grab the same people. And be like, all right, I'm solid with this, and try to add a few, mm. and then somebody else just makes moves, or you can try like the the um, what am I trying to say? The room for um, success is just so broad, great and you success. can literally great success. You could literally yeah. you, like it's so <laughs> close to either just being great, or it's like, man, I really after this one up. Yeah, oh, it's kind of cool though to see that there's a bunch of um, like U.S. swimmers who 
are really, really talented in, in, in any other country would be on the Olympic team, but aren't because they swim in the U.S. Like Coleman Stewart. Yeah. Like he just is with the doors now, which is pretty dope. Um, and they picked up like, I know you guys interviewed him. I know he's a fan of the channel. Yeah, he's a great contributor. Actually. He actually, he's yeah. a really cool dude. He seems like it. Like he's, yeah, but. God. I'm glad that it's making people, I'm glad that people can, that swimmers can now have like, actual pro swim careers like yeah. that's the best part of the isl i don't really care like yeah I'll pick like be upset about their stupid bonus for like beating someone by enough time or whatever yeah. like don't give more points to people who don't need it but at least people can now make pro swim careers it can be a <laughs> thing that's that's the big step and that's what really matters and i think it's it, just following up on that um especially for the swimmers who were like seniors who are like, like, is it worth it to like do this for a, a little bit longer and maybe make the Olympics? But now they've got something that they can, you know, at least get a little bit of money in, get a degree. Yeah. That'd be me. Never know. I yeah, it's cool to see. Um, I don't. I know Blake Peroni's now on the. Um, there's a few people who are on the. They've announced like half of the Toronto roster. Like Blake Peroni, Michael Chadwick are there now. Uh, a few other people. Chatty. But Chatty Daddy. The Squatty Potty Man, right? Yeah, that's so funny. <laughs> Him and the Squatty Potty. Pebbly. Squatty yeah. Potty and the large teeth. <laughs> that's going to follow. Hey, got to make money. I respect the hustle. Dude, they're going to look Should. on that one day and be like, Alrighty. <laughs> we did that. Nah, yeah, we needed the money. This for the clout. Yeah. Y'all need a squad. Honestly. But. I mean, not only is Jacob Pebbly an Olympian, but he's also the face of Squatty Potty. Yeah. So, you know? Yeah. you know, I wouldn't be mad walking home to the bank, walking to the bank with the big check, sitting that in. Like, how many Instagram photos do I have to do for Squatty Potty? Like, <laughs> <laughs> they're like, exactly. 45. You're like, I can do that. I can do that. Post a week. Yep. Yeah. I can do that. <laughs> I respect the hustle. Oh, yeah. Gotta get the bread. Well, Grant, this was it's been fun. fun, boys. Yeah. You always love being able to talk swimming. I was kind of on the outside of, from this one, but right. I love listening to you guys. Just go back. Swimmer is nonetheless. Dude, this stuff was cool. This so, podcast is not only for others like myself, but also for the swim. Um, enthusiasts, swim enthusiasts, like diet enthusiasts. Yeah. Enthusiasts. Seth, did you learn anything today? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Actually, I <laughs> did. I did read up a little, quite a well, a good amount on the uh, the women's hundred. So I was just, I was following you the whole time. I was like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I was, I was fine on that. Hey, you learned. That's what matters. You know, it's. I I'll, guess. Well, I'll be able to talk about like from two years back up until whenever from like here on out yeah it's kind of hard well know. well maybe they'll keep coming who knows maybe we'll keep talking about races possibly there's right. no there's no current swimming to watch right now <laughs> <laughs> hopefully soon hopefully soon okay yep. he's out all right boys it's nice to see you have a good one, have a good one. Yeah. bye